everything is a slippery slope and you have to form the right habits. You can have good habits, you can have bad habits. So you really have to focus on making the good habits and that will certainly make life easier. You're listening to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is all about helping you grow your real estate investment portfolio and live the life you want to live. Come grow with us and join our community at therightclub.com. And now your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi. Hey guys, welcome back to the Right Club Podcast and welcome again, my co-host, Alfonso Salemi. How are you? Good, Sarah. How's it going? Great, great. So we've got a great interview planned today with Brett Nodwell, and we just finished it actually, and it could have gone on for hours and hours more because, man, he knows so much about land development and so many other types of investments. Well, yeah, and such at a, at a large level. I know, I got to know, I'll speak to Brett at the last Right Club meeting we just had in, uh, on February 21st, and it was a big group of people, and he was excited that we were recording this podcast, and I got to talk to him a little bit and, and uh, yeah, we definitely went in a little further today talking about how to do that many units. I get nervous. I know you've done a couple flip projects yourself and some rentals and man, my stomach hurts when I start thinking of that stuff because the timelines and growing up in uh, around construction, timelines are always delayed. So that's what always made me worry about projects like this. And when you're talking about like hundreds of units, like multiple hundreds of units, like three and 400 units, that's a lot of moving parts and it just sounds like, looks like any other investment, putting the power team together and getting the right people in place really sounds like he knows what, what's going on with these doing, right? Absolutely. And raising money is a big piece as well, because as you're developing, I mean, you're not really getting people paying your rents. You're not really getting any of that cash flow. So you're putting in money and more money and more money. So being able to successfully raise that money to be able to, because this is, we're talking about millions. I think one project he said it was like 70 something million dollars. Mm -hmm. So that's a lot of money to raise. And I think he's been in this industry for 25 years now. So it doesn't happen overnight, but he's definitely a, a wealth of knowledge. In addition, so Brett, he's a dad of two wonderful high school students. Just a little bit more about him. Husband to an amazing wife. He's a principal broker, co-owner at Mortgage Alliance. Bidwell Financial in Guelph since 2002. He's also a broker at Home Realty, Home Group Realty, Vice President at Georgian Huron Developments, which is the development company. And we'll talk about his projects in the interview, which are really exciting. He's also the president and co-founder of Kingwell Fine Homes and a mentor, a coach. He just does so many different things and it's great to see. And he's, you know what? He's really humble. Like he's really nice. Like sometimes when people get so wealthy and so good, some of them come up with a big head. And I, I really like the humbleness and the ability to just want to offer help and be able to just talk to others. And so I, I really think that was really cool of him because sometimes at that level, these people don't have time for anybody else, right? Absolutely. And we're so lucky within the right club that we get to meet such amazing people that just want to share their experiences of how they did it and what they did. And they're not saying that's the only way, but they're saying, you know, this is the way that I did and which what I've learned and, and gone through those experiences and saying, Hey, learn from my mistakes so that you don't have to make them right. And then go make different mistakes and then teach me about those ones so that I can avoid them. And collectively you get so many different angles and different looks at things that a million different ways to do one specific task or do development or do a burst strategy or do a red zone, but you take the best of everything that you learn and, and you're right. He is so open and shares, you know, specific things about developments that, man, I would have never thought I would have never known. So what a great interview. And uh, 
You guys are in for a treat today. You are. All right. Let's get to it. Awesome. Hey, Brett. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you. I'm excited to be here. Thank you very much for having me. Awesome. Awesome. So I'm really fascinated with all of the things that you're doing. And right now you're working on a, a big development project. Before we get started, give us a little bit of background about you and how you got to where you are today. Absolutely. To explain where, how we got to where we are today, because not everybody's interested in land development. So I'll, I'll go through three key points that helped us get there that people can use regardless of whether or not they're involved with land development or have any interest in land development, they can still use those three key points. But if we go back even as far as 18 years ago, now you guys are much younger than I am, but do you remember where you were 9-11? Yes. I do, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So for me, I was working with a financial services company and I'm pretty sure that all 1,100 of our clients called that day to see what status of their, for their investments. And you know who didn't call were my tenants. Nothing changed. It was probably the worst event of our generation, but I was still getting paid on my rental properties, whereas uh, the markets themselves were in, in chaos. And I learned very quickly, and this is point one of those three points, that if you can't physically touch your investment, you feel powerless when those markets change. And that was something that I wanted to change. That's a huge point. Obviously, I always look back at that 2001 and, and that's when really the world changed. And yeah, that's a great point where real estate people were still having to live somewhere after that and it didn't really impact that. So mm. Exactly. And if you fast forward a few months, I know Ryan talked about the Colby test that him and his wife did for the personality profiling. Just a few short months after, after 9-11, I actually failed that test. How do you fail a personality test, right? But it came back indeterminable because I really felt that I was pretending to, at that point, be something I wasn't. And I knew I had to change. And that's what led me into the mortgage industry. And from there, it, uh, it took off. And you guys are both very driven people, but have you ever felt like whatever you were doing just wasn't for you? Yes. Absolutely. 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 And so for us, I had to make that change. So we got into, into mortgages and hit various volume targets, President's Elite Club member. And then most recently, as we continue to build the team, one of the things that I'm most proud of is one of our new agents was Rookie of the Year nationally. So he was the number one new agent in the entire uh, Mortgage Alliance uh, structure. And regardless of our volume targets, that, that part of it has been way more uh, rewarding to me than, than anything else because I love helping our, our team succeed as, as well. But uh, from mortgages, we got into, into doing real estate. And after a few years, I actually had my own real estate brokerage. So we had the, the mortgage brokerage, we had the real estate brokerage, and we continued to, to grow and build. But I actually cut away from, if you can picture this, I've been doing real estate for 15 years. How many rental properties do you think I bought during that, that 15 year span? I don't know, how about you tell us? Yeah, <laughs> yeah tell us. <laughs> Euro. And my rentals were all from before I actually got my real estate license. You know, a deal would come up and I go, hey, this is a fantastic opportunity and pass that on to, to one of my clients. But then 2016 hit and you guys were very active in, in the 2016 market, but very difficult if you're a realtor, if you didn't have listings at that point. And we right. had a ton of buyers and, and we were very active in the marketplace, but you kept spinning your wheels. Even if you found a place for your buyer, you're in competition against 25 other qualified buyers that, that wanted the same property. So we were sitting around one day. It was kind of funny. It just one step led to the next, led to the next. And it was, okay, how do we help our buyers with getting a house before it hits the market, before anybody else sees it? And how do we control that process? So it was step one, step two, step three. And then finally we figured out we almost had to build 
our own. And that actually led us into some of the land development side. But one of the key points there, and I'll say that's point two of the three, we needed a power team to do that. And I know you guys are, are fantastic with your network of people. If you don't have the right network of people and you need to, anybody listening to this needs to, to find that network of people to ensure that they take the right steps along the way. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. But one of the keys with that is you have to deal with people that are where you want to be. And that's one of the benefits of, of coming out to networking events like uh, Right Club is you get to see people that are on the same path as you that have achieved the things that you want to achieve and how they can help to, uh, get that, right? Mm -hmm. So our projects that we have in development right now, uh, we've got two projects. They're in the Port Elgin and Southampton area. Port Elgin, we're looking to put 240 units in a 10-acre parcel. Southampton, 70 units over six acres. And they're going to be a mixed uh, bag of single detached townhouses and apartment units. So wow. we're, we're very excited. Who's we when you say we? Yeah. We created Georgia Huron Developments was uh, our development wing. And that's myself and one other partner. And from there, we actually went out and formed a builder arm. And that's Kingwell Fine Homes to handle the construction aspect of the development. So we can take it right from raw land right through to finished products, sold homes, whether they're purpose-built rentals for some of our investor clients, or if, if the end user ends up being a separate third party that wants to come in and, and just buy a great house. Hmm. Wow. So when you were putting together your power team and the, the team that you're developing on putting this huge project together, what are some of, the, some of the key things or the key players on your power team? And what were those key traits that you look for? Yeah. First and foremost, trust. We've got one individual that we're, we're rather forced to deal with. And we've got rule one and rule two. So rule one for that person is uh, don't trust anything he says. Rule two is see rule one. So if we get burned, that's our fault because we already knew. But for everybody else, our focus really is people that have done it before, have laid that track that we want to follow. And, and we're going to just basically listen to their advice, shape it to our own strategies and move forward with theirs. So everything from architects, engineers, land planners, other realtors that are in the market, archaeologists, environmental consultants, home builders that have done it before. And then we actually have our mandate on the build side is building green and blue homes. So we're looking at what are the, the passive home, how do we make it as green as possible, whether that's net zero or a lead house, that sort of thing. So we depend on, on our power team quite a bit and the centers of influence that we deal with on the investor side, people that put us in front of people that have money looking to invest in these types of projects. So that would be, uh, I guess, a great segue into my next question is how exactly do you raise capital to finance these projects? Yep, absolutely. To give you an idea of the scale of, of what we're doing, total cost on our Southampton project will be somewhere in the neighborhood of 23 million. Port Elgin's looking to be about 75 million. And then the third project that we're taking on that, that we've got a contract right now, but we haven't closed on is 80 million. So there's a lot of capital and a lot of investment that needs to be raised. And I guess point three, if we're getting back to the, the points that I was making is wholesaling. So both on the financing side and on the uh, land acquisition side, there's certainly opportunities to be uh, had there, even if someone has no interest in being part of the actual land development, they're gonna be able to point people in the right direction to say, hey, these are the guys you need to invest with and, and receive a, a compensation accordingly. And same thing with finding the property. 
Like you guys are boots on the ground. You're seeing different opportunities every single day. Some fit with what you're after, some don't. But the ones that don't, you're going to know people that, that want that type of opportunity. And it's one phone call. Hey, listen, we've got this, found this great chunk of land. You need to come see it tomorrow. Or alternatively, and how we got started was, hey, I've got all these clients with an investment portfolio that really isn't doing what I need it to do. And whether that's registered funds or, or non-registered funds, what type of returns are you guys getting? Are these audited statements? Can I go through and, and check to make sure that you guys are on point? Okay. I like you, know you, trust you. Fantastic. I'm going to feel comfortable referring my clients to you. And basically we were able to raise uh, the capital needed for the first two, two projects within the span of a couple months. Wow. That's fantastic. So if the right club nation, our listeners out there that are thinking maybe this is a potential investment for them. What are some good things to determine whether it's a good investment for them? Like you said, there's a lot of opportunities out there. Sometimes they're great. Sometimes they're not depending on the situation, what you're looking for. So somebody that doesn't invest in one, in one of the, or does invest in one of these projects, what can they expect or what's a key indicator for them that's going to work for them? Yeah, we're going to walk away if, if our investors aren't going to double their money in a reasonable period of time. We're really, really getting good at saying no. But that's one of the primary focus. Don't get caught up in, in any one deal and try to get that square peg in a round hole. That does nobody any good. So we'll have 200, 300 deals come across our desk before we go, hey, that one, that one fits. That one, that one makes sense. Let's, let's get going. And these are deals coming from all different centers of influence, as well as what uh, shows up on MLS. So we're basically uh, beating bushes all over the place, trying to, trying to figure out where these deals are coming from next. But it's real quick. We've got a fairly explicit uh, spreadsheet that we run them through and we can determine fairly quick if it's going to be the, the right deal for us, for our investors. And so in terms of costing, anybody who's looking to get started, know what your costs are every single step and have multiple exit points available. They need to be able to make money at every different level of the process. It can't all be about, hey, you know what, if we get to build houses, we're going to make some money. No, it's got to be. If we get the site plan approved, great. Now there's an opportunity to exit. If we service the land, great. Here's an opportunity to exit. Because if you don't have multiple exit strategies, you're going to get burned. And we've, we've actually sold a couple of our first deals. We've assigned them at closing. So we ended up, we didn't even take possession of them. We had just done enough due diligence in advance of, of closing to make it worthwhile for the next set of investors to, to, to take these on as assignments. Very cool. So I'm, I'm listening to all of this and you're definitely a very advanced investor. Let's just say there's somebody out there and they've got five to 10 properties, residential properties, and they want to get started in development. Yep. You know, what are some of the things they should be aware of and what are some of the steps they should take? Every step of the way, anything you think is going to take six months is going to take two years. Municipalities, we've been extremely fortunate dealing with the municipalities that we have been. They've been great and helpful and a true resource for us. Man, do they take forever. Everything we think is going to take a couple of weeks ends up taking a couple months. And that's just because they've got other deals on, uh, on their plate. They can't just deal with us, even though we, we think that way. So if somebody is thinking that, hey, we can do this, get in and be working on this for a couple months, it's going to be much, much longer than that and have a resource and I'm open to a phone call at any time, email, whatever, to help somebody getting started because we had that when we got started. So obviously you get it, you give it, 
if, if somebody needs a, a resource to just bounce ideas off, we're more than, than happy to help. Obviously, the projects you're working on are, are quite large scale and, and even starting right from the beginning. How do you go out and source that, that parcel of land or find that chunk of land or who's doing that part of the job and where do you decide that, okay, this is a good spot to put 400 units? Yeah, no, fair enough. We've got market research in a, in a few different markets. And as a, as a realtor, I've got access to quite a few tidbits of information that maybe not everyone does have access to on, in terms of sale prices and that sort of thing. But we're looking for markets that are outside of the GTA that maybe aren't as impacted with ups and downs uh, stemming from growth out of Toronto. So where we are in Port Elgin and Southampton, as an example, Bruce Power continues to expand. They're adding like 1,500 jobs, look like they're going to be producing energy for the next 50 years, and there's a housing shortage. So regardless of what's going on in Toronto right now, things are bright and sunny up Port Elgin and Southampton. Plus, what a great spot to cottage and, and have some time at the beach and that sort of thing. So there's multiple different markets up in that area. We're excited about that location. So we've got people with boots on the ground up in that area that are, are actively sourcing land opportunities for us. We're up there on a regular basis ourselves, just checking out who owns what and what they're looking to do. The industry itself, in terms of land development, is one where a lot of people, and I'm overgeneralizing, so, so take this with a grain of salt, but a lot of people that own large parcels of land have owned them for 20, 30, 40 years. They're now 55 through 75 years old and at the point where they want to sell. So we're actively going after those sellers so that they can take advantage of what they bought, the, the net worth that they've generated over time and making sure it's a win-win. They're going to get paid out. We're going to take over the hassle of putting together the development, but making sure that it doesn't just become a burden to their beneficiaries. Yeah, that's really interesting. So a lot of that information, like how do you find out like who's owned it for 20? Is it Purview? Is this Purview work that way with land? So we have access to Purview. We have Geo Warehouse on the realtor side as well, which is Ternet, same sort of thing. But it's talking to, to people in that area too, professionals that, again, part of that power team where maybe they've got a golf membership with and they just happen to, to mention something. Maybe they've been dealing with a land planner for the past 10 years and things have started to stall or they, they just don't have the, the resources or energy to deal with, with that sort of thing anymore. So the land planner that we deal with, he's going to say, hey, do you mind if... I give you your phone over to these guys and we'll have a, a sit down, a coffee and see how we can help. Okay. So as I'm listening, it's very similar when I'm thinking about, you know, rent own deal. And I know Sarah does the birth strategy and, and obviously you're, yourself and land development. And there's so many different strategies out there. But I think well, the one thing that resonates across all the different strategies is you don't find the deal. You're making the deal, right? Yeah. You're putting it together. You're seeing what you can do. The added part, you know, during that whole process, what do you think are the maybe say the top three things of your, your power teams in place? You found that parcel of land as you're going, continuing through to, to make it a successful deal. What are those things that somebody that's never done a land development deal? What are those key things that you're like indicating that this is going to be a good project? So you can't take uh, everything the sellers are saying verbatim. We've been given plans of subdivision or, or site plans that they put together 10, 15 years ago. So for example, our property in Southampton, the original drawing that they gave us 
was 24 units, right? Well, municipalities don't want big lots. They don't want that sprawl. What they're looking for is higher density that makes sense. And so we took that same drawing, rejigged it entirely. And then I put so much credit to my business partner, Randy, for, for putting this together, but just drew it out where now we're at 69, maybe even 70 units. And the value goes up significantly. The property that we had in Port Elgin, where when we put this, when we saw the drawings initially, it was for 12 single detached. And based on some of the stuff that we're getting back from the environmental impact study, all of a sudden when we shift one thing, it opens it up entirely. And we're looking to put 240 units there. So that's a big shift and in, in an instantaneous added value. Again, not to give exact numbers, but from what we paid to what it appraised at was 75% difference uh, before we even closed just by employing the services of a, a proper planner. Wow, that's, that's really impressive. So I've talked to other investors that do development as well, and I would like to just touch on some of the risks of just getting started yep. uh, because it's definitely very lucrative, but it's very, it's much more high risk than potentially like a cash flowing, like single family house. So can you cover a little bit of that? Absolutely. So time is always the big factor, right? If, if you don't have to sell, your risk is, is certainly mitigated. Now, that being said, all these studies that, that we do that, that cost huge amounts of money, uh, they expire. So if you don't take advantage of having these studies put into place and following through with the site plan approval and starting to build, now all of a sudden you could lose out on, and have to redo a lot of those studies. So time is a, a big factor. And so directly adjacent to our one property in Port Elgin, I'm very familiar with, with the park. It's Nodwell Park. And so that was a family member, same tree, different branch, but a family member who had worked to develop that property. They started building because it was originally Nodwell Court and they found basically remnants of an indigenous or, or native Canadian settlement. And so they stopped and basically turned it over to the municipality to say, hey, let's, let's make a park instead so that all this stuff can be can be researched. So we really were making sure that we weren't going to get a Nodwell Park 2.0 on our next project, but stuff like that can happen. And that's why you need to make the big wins on the ones that do work out because you can end up with, with something where, nope, there's a salamander that only exists on your property. So you can put one house, not 30. And that's where your power team comes back. You, you rely on them so much so because they're the ones who are going to give you the proper advice and you tell them, listen, if it's not a go, tell us up front. And so I'd rather spend, you know, 10, 15,000 at the beginning than 500,000 two years from now to try and, and push this through. Because again, if I can get an early no, I'm far more happier than having issues down the road. Yeah, and, and you do mention the power team and, you know, you lean on their experience and with so many different moving parts, in, you know, and in development, you, you lean on that experience of, Maybe they haven't seen exactly, like you said, like a, a salamander or fossils yep. on a site, but something that has affected it or, or delayed it. What, what are some things that, that besides like out of your control, what are some of the things that you can control throughout the process that can make it more efficient or streamlined where, let's say, the, the average developer versus what makes an average developer a great developer? Yep. Well, fair enough. They're going to have... They're going to ask the questions up front. We're, we've had multiple meetings with the municipality and it's great. You sit around a board table. You've got conservation authority there. 
you've got the head of engineering for the municipality there, the, the lead planner uh, with the city. You hope to have a town councilor or city councilor in the room as well. Uh, you've got your planner. You've got a couple of realtors. Like you've got the whole gambit of people there that are going to give advice. And then there's witnesses too as to what they've said so that as you're moving forward, it's not, oh, well, this person said I could do this, but then you turn around and, and the county doesn't want that. So there's going to be multiple levels of bureaucracy at any point. So let's get them all in and, and working together as opposed to trying to do it piecemeal. That's one key point. You have to be cognizant of, of what your, your surroundings are too. Who else is building in the area that might uh, sap capacity on uh, sanitary or water lines? What type of stormwater management is available in, in your area? And what do they want, right? What are the neighbors going to actually want? Forget zoning, forget the official plan with the city. None of that matters if you're held up in, in red tape with the um, tribunal for two years because the neighbors are absolutely 100% opposed to you putting a multi-level property, right? Like all of a sudden you go, hey, we're going to go four stories. It fits the zoning. It fits this. It fits that. And they come back and go, absolutely not. Not in my backyard. So again, having an open line of communication with the neighboring properties to make sure that everybody's on board and that they're excited. Uh, we've had conversations with one of the neighbors in Port Elgin. And he's absolutely thrilled. He's like, let me know. He says, uh, I might buy one of the units because this is our cottage property. So I might uh, just rent that out and buy one of yours. And, and he's excited because the stuff that we're doing not just fits the neighborhood, but it betters the neighborhood. And so it's, it's bringing the people on board to, to make sure that they're of the same frame of mind. Wow, that's, that's really interesting. So you're doing a lot of stuff. Obviously, you have a mortgage brokerage. You used to have a real estate brokerage. You're a mentor, you're a coach, you're property manager, you're helping it with that as well. With It says you're active politically as well. Like you've, you're doing a lot of stuff. So how do you prioritize day to day? Yeah. One of the things that came up in, in 2018, 2018 was my health year. I really wanted to revamp what my mindset was right from day one and, and very cliche, but New Year's resolution. I took it upon myself to lose some weight in 2018 and dropped 50 pounds. Oh, wow. Um, but part of that was the reason why, right? And you guys have, have heard this a, a thousand times, but I think it bears repeating. You need that why in order to get through to yourself what your goals actually mean to you. And what I would say is when you wake up in the morning, the, the first thing that comes into mind, right? And when you go to bed, the last thing that you think about before you go to sleep, those are what drives you to achieve what you want to achieve, right? And those thoughts have to be perfect. And I mean that, or you aim for perfect. So when people look at what they're going to do over the course of a year, a month, a week, a day, it's those thoughts that drive them. And once you have those thoughts in mind, the priorities fall in line fairly easily. And if you trust the people around you, again, the stuff gets done anyway. So on the mortgage side, very, very fortunate. We've got a team in place where I can pass off my clients to them. They're going to be in, in better hands than, like, I'm a good mortgage agent. These guys are great. On the real estate side, I love going out and seeing houses, love seeing properties. I think I know quite a bit about the construction aspect and to protect my clients. But these guys are absolutely diligent in terms of negotiating and, and making stuff happen. So I trust them wholeheartedly on, on that side of thing. So that when you get into the other aspects of development and that sort of thing, you don't feel like you're stepping away from your business. You're, you're just increasing, adding another silo, that multiple streams of income that, that people keep talking about as well. But you have to manage it all like a, a business and the priorities kind of shake out themselves, right? 
Yeah. And I think by doing that, you create efficiencies in different processes where replacing yourself, and sometimes people are scared of replacing themselves or nobody can do it as good as I can. Right. And that's a tough part. But if you're trying to do everything, you're not going to be able to do it to the best of your ability. If you're, if you're cut really thin and you're spreading yourself out really thin. So absolutely. You do have to verify and you follow up with those people that you trust, but you put those processes in place where you know, they're following up with you and, and uh, you kind of, you're, you're holding them to a standard, right? When, yeah. when you're trying to do well, this. One, one of my favorite parts of Rich Dad, Poor Dad is the conversation where the, the Rich Dad's in his kitchen and he's got the different uh, managers of the different businesses coming in and giving reports before breakfast. And that's the type of thing that, that's the type of attitude we have here is, you know what, we're, we're going to meet on a regular basis. I'm not hounding you. I'm not going to keep bugging you because I know you're doing your job. I just want reports. I want to keep uh, everything on point and I want to educate myself uh, so that I keep getting better because the stuff that worked in terms of mortgages and real estate a month ago, a year ago, 10 years ago, uh, they continue to change and, and fluctuate and you've got to be uh, keeping it on top of everything that's going on in the market. Yeah, Absolutely. Very well said. Well, you've got, I mean, tons of insights, tons of knowledge. We can keep talking to you for hours, but just to be conscious of time, we're going to move on into our lightning round questions. So every guest gets the same four questions. You're going to give us the first answer that comes to mind. Are you ready? Ready. Awesome. So question number one, what's the best advice that you've ever received from another investor or at a networking event? Best advice. Well, most recently I was having lunch with Dean Curtis and he said, you have to come out to a right club meeting. So that was certainly a great advice and loved coming out. And I've been back once since, and I'm gonna make sure that's part of my habits. But in terms of habits, I was told by a fantastic investor, they said, everything is a slippery slope and you have to form the right habits. You can have good habits, you can have bad habits. So you really have to focus on making the good habits and that will certainly make life easier. Okay, awesome. Awesome, thank you, great answer, all right. So question number two of the lightning round, what is your favorite real estate investing resource? Uh, resource. We have a phenomenal espresso maker in our office. And uh, that's the first thing that comes to mind. But I think outside of that, I'm going to say my Fitbit, which doesn't sound like a, a real estate investor resource. But if you're, if you're slipping on, on your health at all, nothing else matters, right? So... I've got uh, little goals that I set right on my Fitbit. It tracks pretty much everything I do. keeps me on point, makes sure that I'm working to stay healthy while I'm busy doing other things. And that's certainly a a great resource. 2018 was my health year. 2019 is uh, my mental year because I got to get that on point too. But I'm always worried that if if you don't control your thoughts, they're going to control you. So that's my, my 2019 resolution. Great, great advice. Awesome. So number three, what's the one attribute that has made you most successful? I enjoy building teams. I really am a a team builder. I work hard on building that network of trusted confidence and business partners and knowing what their strengths are and where my strengths lie and taking advantage where they take advantage of what I can bring to the table and and I take advantage of what they bring to the table so that again, it's it's win-win. And right now, for example, I'm looking for someone who is awesome with crypto and blockchain, who wants to be part of a $600 million fintech that we're building. And I think once that's put together, it'll be a great resource for yourselves as well. Wow. Awesome, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. So Right Club Nation, if you're in that space, definitely uh, at the end of this podcast, Brett's gonna 
let you know how to get a hold of them. But to finish up and round out the lightning round, you know, we're yep. recording this on a Sunday morning. Yep. But the, the fourth question and the last question, what is your ideal Sunday morning look like? I would love to say it was going to church, but I don't get much further than the parking lot these days. Most Sundays, what I do is I've got a, a, a wonderful privilege of coaching a U18 baseball team in Guelph. And they are a fantastic group of young men. And so if we're winning, that means we get to play on Sunday. So obviously we want to get to the Sunday and play as many games on Sunday as, as possible. But I have some uh, work with uh, Baseball Canada and Ontario Baseball as well on the coaching side and, and valuation side. So I enjoy getting out and, and working with ball players all around. So yeah, it's been, it's been good. And that usually keeps our, our weekends, let alone Sunday, busy. Wow, that's, that's pretty great. cool. So Brett, so that's a, a wrap for our lightning round. How can yep. people reach you and know more about you? Yep. Well, online, they can reach me at uh, onestopmortgageshop.ca. That's the mortgage website and the resource. Email, they're looking for me on email. It's just brett with two t's at ghdi.ca. That's George and Charon Developments Inc.ca, but it's just ghdi. Always available on LinkedIn as well. So if they search up Brett Nodwell, they're going to find me on LinkedIn and happy to connect on there. Just send a friend request if, uh, if that's the terminology on LinkedIn and we'll get connected on there and love the conversations that we get going on LinkedIn as well. Wow, that's fantastic. And thank you for sharing that and thank you for sharing your knowledge about development. I know we, we haven't spoken too much about it or at all on this podcast yet. Just before we wrap up, any other advice or last words that you want the, the Right Club Nation or our listeners uh, to share with? If you ever need anything, reach out to the resources that are available to you. If you're listening to this podcast, you've been introduced to a ton of fantastic investors, Sarah Alfonso, yourselves, any of the ones that have been on before are great resources. They love talking about what they do. They love helping people. As we educate other people, we actually reaffirm it to ourselves. So always happy to help. Just take advantage of the people that are out there, but do it in a way that is mutually respectful. And because there's always something that I can learn from anybody who's even just asking a question. Amazing advice. Well, thank you on that note, Brett, for being on our show. We really, really appreciate it. And we'll see you at the next Right Club events, March 20th. Absolutely. Looking forward to it very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Brett. All right. Cheers. Wow, what an interesting podcast or interview with Brett. That was amazing. What did you think about that? What were coming your, some of your takeaways from there? Yeah, I mean, it is just so new to me, all this whole development piece. It's not the kind of investing I do, but I think it's just so interesting. In, in a way, it's kind of where a lot of people want to get to at some point where it's, this is where a lot of the big money is, but it's also a lot of where the big risk is. And so I think my biggest takeaway is there's a lot of stuff I still don't know about land development that I still want to know. And we should be bringing Brett in to speak at one of our events because I think that information is, is not information that we can get every day. How about you? Yeah, even just the size of his projects. He was just saying 23 million and 75 million and 80 million, just kind of tossing those numbers out there. And I remember my first mentors when even when we were talking about buying like a four or $500,000 property, right? It's like, it's all right, just add another zero, add another comma on there. But the key point that I took was the, the power team. And I think all investors, whatever strategy they're implementing or whatever strategy they're doing, the power team is so key. You can't do everything. You need to have enough knowledge. You need to have enough comfort yourself to, to understand each piece. 
but I think really having a key person in each different, whatever that is, the mortgage broker, a lawyer, he mentioned there's architects and, and engineers and all that different stuff. So it, it's really partnering yourself up with the right people that have that experience that are currently doing it, that are working on it. And, and he said it, people that have walked the path, right? Yeah. So anytime that I ever look at like potential burr strategy, like I know I'll, I'm going to call you and I'm going to say, all right, what do you think about this? And you can dissect it like in minutes, right? Versus me going out there trying to reinvent the wheel and saying, well, what about this? And what about that? And right. and vice versa for me for rent to own for you. Well, yeah, and absolutely. Right. Because people that are out there doing it, that are dedicating most of the time or a majority of their time becoming the experts in that market. When you really try to spread yourself really thin, it's tough to be that expert. You can't be jack of all trades. You got to master a few of them and work with the people that are the masters in their own trades and really partner up together. So that's what really, because when I look at development, I get, you know, oh my God, look at all these houses, this land. I get nervous about construction and all that type of thing, but it's just having the right people that have gone through it and have done it and trusting in them. Absolutely. I mean, hiring a mentor and a coach would be probably my recommendation for something like this because a lot can go wrong really quickly and it's a lot of money at stake. So, but yeah, I really enjoyed having him on the show. We'll definitely have him uh, speak at uh, future events. Now, one of the really cool things is this podcast is now not only in the new and noteworthy, but in the top business podcasts. Like I think yesterday I was looking and we're like between number five and number 15, it kind of like shifts here and there, but That's because of you listeners out there that are helping us get here. And so we just want to say sincerely, thank you. When you subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify, when you subscribe and leave a review and rate us, it helps us boost our ratings. And in return, it actually helps others find us a lot easier to be able to gain that knowledge as well. And so really big about community and helping one another. So thank you guys. We really appreciate it. And if you haven't done that yet, please, please, if you wouldn't mind, taking two minutes to do so, that would be greatly appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I want to thank all the listeners as well, too. And I want to thank you, Sarah, for helping me on this journey and me getting out of my comfort zone and, and doing these podcasts. And, and I've learned it took so much from this. And, and we always talk about at our live events that if you come there and you could take one, just one piece of information, whether it's from one of the presenters on the stage, the lightning round, from our founders, from our amazing community in the room, you can take one piece of information, apply it to your business, to your investing to whatever and, and it makes your life better that's what we think that's what we've done our job we want to do that and with the podcast we're able to do that uh, every week we want to give that piece of knowledge one something that you can use right whether maybe development is never in your future and you never want to do it but some of the the traits that you apply are they correlate to all different strategies so yes thank you so much and definitely uh, share it with your friends subscribe rate us we want to know what you're thinking, put your comments in there. If you want to be on our podcast, definitely reach out, get to the right club.com, send us an email. We want to hear your story too. Everybody's got a cool story. You can learn from what to do and replicate a hundred times or what not to do and stay clear from and stay away from. So we want to hear from you. Good, bad, indifferent. We want to hear your voice. It's what's it about. It's our community. We want to grow all together. We want to make this podcast right now across Canada, but maybe one day, one day the world. Awesome. Well, on that note, thank you very much, Right Club Nation. And thank you, Alfonso. It was a pleasure doing this podcast with you again. See you next week, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Right Club Podcast and joining our community of real estate investors online at therightclub.com, where the focus is about helping you grow. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Thanks from your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi.